0: guys this is another episode of the away team podcast we're doing a little cinderella spell which we'll explain in a bit my name's phil buolo aka sporting phil in the twitterverse
1: and i'm james holis aka i got it back um now it's snotty dripping again no more that j holis hoops crap
0: yeah, well, well, I think Jay Hollis Hoops was a was a little bit formal, right? And people kind of liked your other one. I, I don't Oh, know. here I, we go. Because when I, when I, I
1: made, I, when I did, when I did the name change, I think you were all for it.
0: You're like, oh yeah, that's cool. I personally like J Hollis Hoops. I personally think every time I hear Snotty Drip, and I'm just like, bless you. You know what I mean? You know why? But
1: it's because you're a square, all right. I'm counterculture, bro. You're an establishment. I'm
0: not a square. I, I'm like a hexagon, man. I'm all over the place. I can do whatever. I want. That's even
1: worse because all you are is square, is sharp corners and
0: following the rules. That's how you choose to see it, but <laughs> uh, so how's your week been, dude?
1: I'm chilling, man. Um, I'm ready for the weekend again. Dude. It seems like we just did one of these seven days ago.
0: Yeah, I truly feel like the work week should be four days because every time we're doing this on a Thursday, Friday is just like, oh man, I can't believe we're getting into this.
1: It don't matter, bro. I'm taking tomorrow off, so I'm living
0: the life. There you go, doing it um so speaking of a good week um we're starting a new part of the show here where and, and we're gonna see if you guys like it we're, we're gonna talk about player of the whoa, week
1: whoa, whoa. we don't we don't care what they like we're doing what we want to do right now all right
0: i, I was trying it's to make like, that like, like, look, no, look, no no not I, don't be sensitive i know no, you're no, like, right it's, it's but like i'm like just
1: russell West, it's like russell westbrook's song now we're gonna do what we want all right well, now i'm gonna do what i want so we're doing what we want and they're gonna follow along and they're gonna listen and they'll like it
0: all right. just well, kidding, guys. Just that's exact. <laughs> so. Just kidding, uh, guys. uh, players of the week, we're wanting to look at the east and the west, and maybe some of a little bit more of an unconventional look. Um, so us, uh, so, uh, so we want to see who do we kind of think is up there. Um,
1: okay. Well, one thing I think we screwed up on is we should have actually went and looked at who the actual players of the weeks were, so we didn't pick them, but we didn't do that. And I'm not going to do it now anyway, so. Next week, next week, we'll do that.
0: Yeah, we'll get that in. Um, so let's do the Eastern Conference first. And, and because of uh, a gentleman, um, I'll let you go first.
1: All right. So, uh, last week was a really good week in the NBA. Uh, the offense has been taking off. I mean, guys have been really just blowing up this year. Um, Harden averaged 40 points a game last week, but he's not my player of the week. Dame averaged 36 uh, points a game in three games last week. He's not my player of the week. I'm going to go with the guy that's not talked about enough, I think, as an offensive force. I'm going with Brook Lopez, the center for the Brooklyn Nets. Hey, and the Nets, is that right? Did they do uh yeah, they went 3 and 2 last week. So that's that's really good on him. He played 30 minutes a game. He averaged 24.4 points. Um he's not a big strong rebounder. He averaged six rebounds, but he shot uh 49% from the floor and even though it's 33% from 3, as a center that's good. Six threes a night and they went 3 and 2, man. Um see, did he did average any blocks last week. I don't know. What this thing's telling me. Yeah, he averaged. Uh, da, da, da. Where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? Uh, he, no, he, he's not really a shot blocker. He's more of a deterrent at the rim. But um, he, you know, so less than a block a game. But he was a plus 4.8 plus minus. So um, he's my Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Going. Through. He, oh, he hit the game winner. Who did he hit the game winner against? Um, help me out here, bro. Um,
0: I'm gonna have to go look at some scores.
1: The same. Well, I, doesn't matter. The same night, his brother got suspended for throwing a punch. At Serge Baca. he turns and hits. This game. So that was one of the, the ugliest
0: fights ever. Like two huge whiffs. Super.
1: I mean, you know what? It's it's what they say, man. It's hold me back. Nobody anybody wants to fight, right? So it was just <laughs> it's it's always a little woofing, and they took it a little further than woofing, and they threw some little, you know, weak. Look. They both. I think it's almost like if you watch a stage fight in a movie, they tried to miss each other. Yeah. So um, yeah. Kudos. A hey, shout out to Brooke Lopez. You know, he averaged twenty four and six, a couple assists. His team. Actually had a winning week, which is for Brooklyn's amazing, and, and uh, yeah,
0: and that's, and that's my... and for Boston's kind of a down thing. Uh, no, I it does number we're, one anyway,
1: We're happy. We're happy no matter what. So, <laughs>
0: who you got for the East? Uh, I got Mr. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler in uh, in Chicago, averaging 26 points on 56% shooting, 45% from three. Didn't shoot overly. O- only took two point uh, eight. But he had 7.8 rebounds, 8.3 assists, and uh, – uh, 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 sorry about that. I'm having a look up and down. He shot really well from the free throw. Here's his rebounds and assists, my bad. Uh, duh, 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 getting in here. Uh, so, 6 and six, 7.5. Six
1: rebounds and 7.5. And yeah, yeah, he was balling. Yeah, so 7.5. 2.3 steals, um, only one turnover a game. That's that's not bad at all. Yeah,
0: and I was watching that game against Toronto, which I personally think the refs completely let Toronto back in that game. Uh, even as a Canadian, I had to admit that one. And Jimmy was just getting them in, like he was for sure the best player on the floor, like hands down, like 100%. Like like as as good as Demar was, J- Jimmy Butler is the guy, and so uh, he was my Eastern Conference Player of the Game, a uh, uh, Player of the Week, even without. Um, Uh, Dwayne Wade, Um, he's shown that he can lead a team.
1: I mean, everybody knows that Jimmy Butler is better than DeMar DeRozan, right? I hope everybody knows that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, 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 some people get stuck on just the offense, right? And and DeMar DeRozan is an impressive offensive player. But I was even saying, even on that level, I was liking what he was bringing to the table.
1: All right. Well, go ahead and roll right into your West. You can take the West, too.
0: Uh, The West, I'm actually going for – he only played two games, so I don't know how much that counts. But uh, Boogie with the Pels, man. He scored 28 points, uh, shooting 51%. He took seven, th- 7 threes a game, shot 43%. And he was hitting 89% of his free throws. 14 rebounds during that. 3 assists with uh, 1.5 blocks and 2.5 steals. And a plus 17. If you look at the plus minus, um, he until you get down to anthony davis and steph curry like all these other guys were mentioning him and dame were up there like dame really balled out but all these other guys really didn't have that much of an effect like butler was only 2.5 uh we looked at your boy uh brooke lopez 4.8 um so i think that 17.0 matters like i know it was only a small sample two games but demarcus in those two games really really balled out high efficiency points across the board
1: and he was a monster in that win win against Memphis too. Exactly, he, he destroyed he, he destroyed Memphis by himself. I think he went with like forty one to seventeen. Yeah, man, and they beat Memphis. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, I think now they're above five hundred since the, the trade. So, like, that's a big that's a. No, they were below 500 before the trade. Such right? a were,
0: crazy eight, uh, fight for eighth man in that West.
1: I, I don't think they're they're not really in the fight, man. I think they're too far back now. How far back are they? Let me take a look. Um,
0: yeah, no, it's not too far, especially with with Dallas and Portland and Denver already holding that. Yeah, they're, and, they're, and, and, they're and, four uh, and all those teams are hot, right? Like
1: they're four games behind Denver, so you know Denver holds eighth right now. And they're four games behind with less than less than 12 left. Yeah, they got 11 games left. So yeah, they're out of it, but. Whatever, I think see, I think seeing them playing well together is probably more important than anything else for for that team. Oh, for sure. Um, so I'm, I cheated. I'm telling you right now, I cheated. When I did my West Coast, I'm combining two players: Will Barton for the Denver Nuggets you. and Gary Harris. We were talking about this in the pre-production stuff. Come on down, guys. Combined, they average about a little less than 44 points a game and eight rebounds a game. Ooh. Uh, Gary Gary Harris shot. Over f- almost fifty-seven percent from the floor. Will shot almost fifty-two. Will Barton and this is—they played four games this week. Will Barton shot seven, almost eight threes a game, hit fifty percent of them. Gary Harris shot five threes a game, hit forty-eight percent of them. Um, they were just a dynamic duo this week. You know, Will Barton averaged uh, twenty-two points a game, twenty-two point three. Gary Harris averaged twenty-one points a game. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that whole that's Denver team thing. can
0: hurt you from so many angles. Right. Like, like, right, in, like these, in their last win, Chandler, uh, so obviously Jokic is uh, like a triple double machine turning into.
1: I mean, exactly. And that's like these guys, Will Barton's off the bench. Gary Harris is like, you know, third, fourth option. Uh, and, Jamal and Murray's almost- heating up, too. Jamal Murray is heating up. We know Yoki's killing. So my players of the week is going to be – I'm I'm, I'm I'm giving a co-player of the week for with, with Will Barton and, and Gary Harris. We never talk about Gary Harris. You know, he's kind of like one of the forgotten men. And what's crazy is um, I'm hearing good things. Oh, it's the kid's name, man? Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley, yeah. the, the backup. You know, he's a, he's another swing, swing man, two-guard kind of guy. And I'm hearing good things about him. There's just no minutes for him.
0: Weren't in, you talking about him coming out of the draft being really high? I was. Him? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like Malik Beasley's game. I thought he's, you know, he's a, you know, he's a he's a, shooting guard, I think, is one of the scarcest positions right now, right? You know, that and power forward. So, if you can get your prime shooting guard, like some guy who can score efficiently and play a little defense, you're good. And I think he can be one of those guys. So. Yeah. Either way, Gary Harris. Gary yeah. Harris and Will Barton, come on down.
0: Those are some good ones, especially considering when you're playing Denver, it kind of seems like all those guys, like it's the, it's the collective that kind of attacks you. So in an interesting enough transition, when we're looking at what they're scoring, um, Will Barton actually matches the scoring output of the last week with one Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Gary Harris is just a shade point two higher than Russell Westbrook. And those two guys are leading this. Are leading the charge for the Milwaukee Bucks and the OKC Thunder. So we're t- we're talking about the start hey, of the show. Sorry,
1: hold on, real quick. I gotta I gotta I gotta shout my boy out. You know I'm a big Russ fan. Mm-hmm. Last week they went three and one in four games. One loss was crushed by Golden State, but he averaged 21 points, shot 46% from the floor, 39% from three. Um, was that? Uh, I think that's what nine rebounds and almost 12 assists a game.
0: Yeah, exactly. And 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 there's been a big uh, uh, kind of plague and change in Russ you know his assists are up his shots are down um and he's getting his team involved and Antetokounmpo's been doing that all year as well uh with some other guys stepping up Middleton's back um so what we're kind of talking about is obviously each conference ha- has their top dogs you got Golden State you got San Antonio you got Boston Toronto Cleveland uh, obviously Houston uh, uh, we can name a bunch but what we're talking about is these teams that have that one superstar in a league that you seem to need to be, you know, putting them all together and on one team outside of maybe, you know, San Antonio, um, getting all the all the stars together. You having one team, one guy that's leading the squad and and thinking, what could they could they do some damage? Because I remember I listened to some some Cavs podcast where they're saying, you know, like I don't think they can beat us, but the one team I don't really want to play first round is Milwaukee, and and the same thing you kind of say about Westbrook and, and how that team's gelling. Like, I think the old, you know, you know like, uh, good-bad Westbrook, however you'd see him, like, I think you'd be like, yeah, I don't trust him to take me 4 out of 7. But this Westbrook, where they're getting Nola Depot involved, where Taj Gibson seems like a perfect fit, Adams is doing his thing, Cantor's back, putting up decent numbers. Um, you know, uh, uh, Robertson f- feels like a
1: perfect Can- fit. Cantor's a beast, bro. Canter.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, so, as we're talking Cinderella's, where... The superstar who's kind of alone on their team, who's leading the squad, and what damage they can do. So, which team do you uh, do you feel like starting with here? All
1: right. Well, I mean, so I guess we're saying it's Milwaukee and uh, and OKC. Yep. Now, I, I'm going to say that the Pacers might have something to say about that. Um, cause we're, or obviously, we're talking about lower, you know, five to eight seeds, lower seed teams that could probably that could upset their counterpart in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, reason I was, the only reason I bring up the pace is because um, Paul George is really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and But uh, ooh, one, two, three.
0: And he's way more established uh, than Giannis at and, this point. And
1: they're playing the Celtics. And so uh, a, a rule of thumb is you have a really good shot in the playoffs. You have the best player, and they're playing the Celtics. And no one on that team, I think crowd is going to give, give him a hard time. But Paul George is just – he's better than anybody they're facing now. We're going to go with Milwaukee. I just wanted to, I wanted to just – Give a, a quick nod to Paul George. Cause playoff Paul George is different than regular season Paul George. Yep. He's another animal in the playoffs. Um, start with Milwaukee, I guess. Yeah. So, the, um, so, yeah. Right now they are in the sixth seed, mm-hmm. right? And they'll be playing Washington. I mean, the thing is, no one, no one on the Wizards could. They have, they don't have the size. No one on the team can really cover Giannis. I think uh, Marquise Morris might try. Well, I think
0: Otto Porter is an interesting guard, being six eight and long. I mean,
1: I mean six, six eight is not seven foot and Giannis is legit seven foot. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's all fun and games until you we, we watched Giannis play bully ball with LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> LeBron's the biggest, strongest, power small forward ever in the history of the league. And he, he played he he had his way with them that one game when they beat uh, the Cavs pretty good.
0: So And the Bucks are uh, eight and two in the last ten of the two game winning streak. Uh
1: and so I guess here's my question to you. Let's let's take a look. Oh, and I was also just looking too, I'm looking on NBA.com uh, since the All Star break, they got the second most wins. They're eleven and five. Uh, you know they're winning almost seventy percent of their games since then. They're, I mean, Chris Middleton makes all the difference in the world for this team. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, since they're also like the eleventh in net rating, uh, which is you know net rating is the difference in your offensive rating, and defense rating, which is the higher the better. They're eleventh in the league, uh, so. I, I think with Jabari Parker, i have a better feeling about that because he gives him another, just another uh, guy who can create and get his own shot and score a little bit. But Chris Melton has made a huge difference for these guys. And,
0: I mean... What do, uh, what do you think about Thonmaker starting at center? Is, is that just a regular season thing to get him some reps, or do you think it's legit?
1: I mean, they could try it. It's 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 just it's a matchup nightmare for most teams. But my problem with that is you, you how much do you trust a rookie with, when games count? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, uh, I know I get you, but the thing is, you know, they do have some options. Like uh, Greg Monroe's been playing decent for them. Um, that,
1: that's that's one of the things I think that gives them not even an advantage, but that they can they can kind of count on is that. Sure, Gortat's great, right? I mean, but Greg Monroe, while he's not, would you say he's markedly worse than than Gortat?
0: I mean, I think he's a um, way improved offensive player. I think defensively, he's quite behind. Uh, he's
1: actually, Greg Monroe's been really good defensively this year. It's been one of the one of the unsung stories in Milwaukee. He's been really solid defensively. Maybe not you know, not all-star status, well, I but think he's been really solid. Well, and, I think he
0: definitely and, had that chip on his shoulder, right?
1: I was going to say a player like Gortat is perfect for him, right? Because Greg Monroe's a solid guy, strong, not very quick. But
0: well, he's Gortat's not going to take him outside. Anybody. He's going to play more exactly. traditional center, back to the basket, and that he can use his strength. Yeah, to do they,
1: they don't call that. They don't call that man moves for nothing, right? Monroe's a pretty <laughs> strong dude. Yeah. So I mean, lo- looking at the matchup that way, um, and I, I, my Spencer, thing Spencer Hawes,
0: John Henson, Terrence Jones, Mike Beasley can throw some different looks. Uh, 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 Mirza Teletovic, like like this is a deep team.
1: I like it for uh, Telenovich versus Bogdanovich. That's the matchup <laughs> everybody wants to see, I think.
0: Except um, uh, 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 if you're an in-game announcer.
1: So give me give me three reasons why you think that the bucks could pull this off
0: I'm gonna say um, depth length and continuity I uh, it's a very tall long team uh, like I'm looking up and down this roster like I really like the pickup of uh, Snell um, uh, Rashard Vaughns coming into his own doing some things uh, Brogdon's been a huge plus Um and then they got length up front. Spencer Hawes, nice, can, can spread the floor. Uh, Delvadova is is not having to play, which is awesome. Uh, Jason Terry's some veteran bits there. Like like they can just throw a ton of different looks at you. Like if they need points quick, like being able to throw Hawes, Beasley, and Giannis in the front court with Middleton and uh, and you know uh, Bogdan. Like it's it's a big team.
1: So I'm going to go with you with the length. Uh, We've seen that when Milwaukee's engaged and locked in, especially with Milton. Milton's a huge upgrade defensively over Jabari Parker. And even though Jabari Parker, you know, being out cripples their offense a little bit and, and, you know, kills their depth a little bit. Rolling out uh, Brogdon, Parker, uh, Giannis. I mean, Brogdon, Giannis, Middleton. Uh, and like Snell and Monroe, or, or however you want to roll it out, Henson can probably just sit out. He's he's been pretty bad this year. Yeah. But yeah, and then you know, getting, giving given Thon minutes even uh, defensively, they're 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 probably a, they're a tough nut to crack. Um, and then again, Giannis is the fact the Giannis factor, and that he'd be the best player in that series. No disrespect to John Wall, who's really good, but you know Giannis with his size and length and things he does, he can he's just a matchup nightmare for anybody. So here's I'll start off with the things that that reasons why not. Um, Malcolm Brogdon's really good. He's also a rookie, and John Wall will probably eat his lunch. John Wall's a veteran. <laughs> he's you know been in the playoffs, so he's just, Brogdon's as good as he is. He's not. He can't. He doesn't have the quicks to stick with the John Wall. Um, Milton's a great guy to to guard. Uh, Beal, but Beal's just an awesome three-point shooter, and he's he's been really hard to guard, so that's... Even uh, but though Middleton's way
0: taller than Beal, right? I think that's 6'3 versus 6'8, so it doesn't even have to be yeah. quite as quick.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, the other reason is, uh, exp- like you, you were saying continuity, I'm going to give that to the Wizards, right? That, that core has been together for a few years now. Yeah. Um, and sure. I'm not just sure not if I trust well that
0: together. core though. Like, like, like that could be something like the Clippers come playoff time, right? It's like that core that gets you wins regular season, but come playoffs, it's like, like, I don't know. I still don't know if I trust John Wall as a leader.
1: Um, I, I, I'm I'm with you there, and I was also going to say that uh, I, I was going to say depth for the Wizards is a is a is a reason that it could happen. But now I think about it in the playoffs, you are you shorten your rotation anyway, mm-hmm. right? So you only need to go seven, six, seven deep in a playoff series anyway. So I think that's that's actually in the wizard's favor almost the fact that short series you short up anyway. Um another thing I'll say is is a bonus um for Milwaukee is that as much as I hate that uh that Australian jerk Matthew Della Vadova, I think Brandon Jennings is even worse. So <laughs> that's a that's an advantage Milwaukee there. Um yeah, it it's definitely it's it's there's no way you could, you can and what we see from the Wizards right now is that they peaked. I think they they were playing really really well into the All Star break, and now they've kind of hit like a little wall. Let's see what they, where they've been so far since All Star break. We say Milwaukee has eleven and five, right? Since then, the Wizards are nine and seven. Um, I mean, it's still plus five
0: hundred, but it's not the spot they were kind of. It's
1: not like what they were doing, right? I mean, this if you're, you're talking nine and seven, yeah, you're you're a little better than the five hundred team when they. I think at one point. From like from like mid December until the All Star break, they had you know like only like five or six losses. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, we're seeing like some regression to the mean for them. Um, I, I again, you you're right when you say I don't trust that core. The Wizards, I mean, in the last few years they've lost in the first round like you know. They're tw- like yeah, the Clippers times. of the East. Kinda, you know. So did, Scott Brooks did a great job getting those guys, goosing them, getting to play well. But they don't I, I don't I can't give them the benefit of the doubt, right? They haven't built up enough goodwill where I can say, Oh yeah, they're having a little swoon yeah. now, they'll be fine for the playoffs. We don't know that with
0: those yeah. guys. And, so. and and I'm saying it that way, but I'm also saying you know, the idea of the Cinderella bit is saying, like, even if they got past that, you know, like could it be interesting? like look, no one's probably gonna beat LeBron James and and Cleveland, right? I get that. But if anyone's gonna do it, like we said with Bully Ball, a team that can throw some size and length. And athleticism, different looks. I don't think they will do it, but I I don't think Cleveland wants to play this team.
1: Check it out. Since the uh, since the All Star break, the Wizards are 14th in offensive rating and 22nd in defensive rating. That's uh, that's not it's not ideal. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a good pick. Uh, again, though, like I said, uh, the reason I said the I said the Pacers, and I'm looking at their numbers. Their numbers aren't that great either. No. Oh my goodness. And they all, Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't bring the Pacers. They lost to the freaking Brooklyn Nets the other night. So, nah. No, I'm sorry. They lost to the Knicks. They lost to the Knicks the other night. The, Knicks, so the Knicks, took a, Knicks took an L to uh, Brooklyn, and then Brooklyn turned around and beat the Pacers. Yeah. That was it for me. I'm off I'm off any Pacers train until they prove it to me. And I love you, Paul George. <laughs> but until you all prove it to me, I'm off, your, I'm off the Pacers train.
0: Yeah. So, see, uh, the reason I picked Milwaukee, too, was because I kind of looked at you know, the two guys, Russ Westbrook and Giannis, I'm like two guys who can kind of do it all super high energy all over the court. And, and, and to me more than Paul George, he kind of like, like envisions that like, 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 like I think he makes his team better than Paul George. Like like Paul George is the better individual player probably. Um, but he kind of gets everyone better, but, but flipping it back over to, uh, uh, to your guy, big Russ there and OKC. Um, this has been a different team. Like I've been watching some some, some post game interviews where Russ is just like, you know, he watches game film now. He, you know, he's been he's okay, been whining. real quick,
1: real quick, let's let's back that up because I, either he was trolling the the reporters when he said that because I can go back and find a quote from him and Scott Brooks and how talking about how much film he watches of games. So when he did that whole comment about I don't watch film, he was either just he was you know you know how he is with the media in the first place. Or he, you know, he was just being stubborn. So Either being funny or just being. I kind of like you know? how
0: he messes with the media, and 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 that's like a side caveat. I like all players who mess with media.
1: Thank you, I do too. Like, yeah, we can we can have a whole sh- conversation about Russ and his comments about you know you know who was he about Steph. but because I loved it and people got all <laughs> panties at a bunch. But um, so I'm sorry, yeah, I, I had to jump in with that as a as a Russ defender and fan because you know people ran with that thing about him not watching film. I can go back and find. Yeah, You know, you can find quotes from Scott Brooks about how him and Russ sat down and watched Phil. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I mean, I I mean, I, I was only seeing it in that I think uh, we saw another adaptation and maturation in Russ, and we're seeing how, you know, what he was doing the first half, he's going to have to do something a little different to really be in that chance to, you know, contend more than they were. And he's really getting his guys involved. Uh, Depot's playing real nice. Uh, Robertson's playing nice. Gibson's playing nice. Uh, Kanjer's been playing out of his mind. This is a different team. This is not just like the rush show that you're like, "Oh, wow, I got to watch this." This is a team that in the right situation can hurt can hurt teams. And they can throw a lot of looks at you now.
1: Um the uh, so we know what the the saying is and it's actually, you know, based in some kind of fact. Defense wins championships, right? Sure, you got to be able to score, but you got to be able to get stops. Uh, and OKC is not terrible. They've been middle of the pack at 13th since the All-Star break in defense. But we've seen they've given up some horrendous games. And <laughs> it's funny because you can tell almost in the first few minutes if they start just hemorrhaging points, then it's like they, they can't close the they can't close the floodgates. flood Floodgates. Uh, Adams has been oddly inconsistent and seems to be really low energy a lot of games for some reason lately. Luckily for them, though, offensively, they've been fifth in offense. This is the OKC Thunder, the fifth in offense since the All-Star break. Uh, and 100, they're scoring 110 points per 100, per, uh, 100 possessions. So, uh, Russ, I love watching Russ this season. And like you just said, I kind of love the way he's kind of – he's altering his game on the fly. He says, I watch tape. He's doing some things there. And, and so, like, after that ridiculous explosion against Portland when he took 39 shots – um he's, he's doing a lot better uh, and sure his points were down this week but he played just more efficiently mm-hmm. he had the first he had the first uh triple double no- the guy didn't miss a single shot from the floor of the free throw line that's that's pretty awesome so um i, I love his maturation i love the fact that we get to watch him, him do his thing every night but like you said it's, it's just a showcase for a guy like victor oladipo he had like a nice little run of i think five or six 20 point games in a row uh Cantor is really showing up again from the bench now that... I think everybody's settling into their roles after the trade a little bit. Uh, you know, and I think once they, they've made Taj the starter, that was the catalyst. Yeah. Because uh, Sabonis was hurting him. He he wasn't good at all.
0: Well, again, he's a rookie, right? And we've been saying all year as good as rookies are, they don't equate to wins all the time. And... You know he's got some pedigree, but 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 Gibson's been there. He's been in the trenches, and him, he, he's and Gibson adds that fire. I mean, he, I mean uh, Gibson was one creating the wall when uh, when uh, when Westbrook and uh, oh, what's his name, Christensen and Curry were getting in that little uh, push match. Uh, you know, he just he, he was the savvy vet who knows what to do. And 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 McDermott slowly kind of coming into it. Nah,
1: he's been he's been bad. He's been bad. Dude. Yeah. I I think
0: he'll be important to them in some at some point.
1: Let's hope not, because the only thing consistent about McDermott is his inconsistency. Somebody showed a five game snapshot of him, his stat lines, and goes, This is the perfect encapsulation of the McDermott experience. He had like (laughs) he had six points one game, he had twenty-one the next game, then he had like I think eight, then he had like a zero, and then like a four. He's just so inconsistent, man. He's getting shots. So uh, right now, if OKC made it. I think right now they're in the sixth spot. Um, they're a game and a half ahead on the Grizzlies. They're only a game behind the Clippers, and which means they're only oh, another two and a half game behind the Jazz. They probably won't catch the Jazz. They could catch the Clippers. If they catch the Clipper, Clippers, they'd be playing the Jazz.
0: I think right? they can so, win that because the Jazz sometimes can't score enough points. I think they can do that.
1: I, so my thing with that is the Jazz already have that dominant big man Robbie, Rudy Gobert. They are such a smart defender, uh, defending team, they choke the life out of you. I call those Python teams where you might run wild a little bit early, but they'll just keep squeezing and squeezing and by the they end of the so game. So much
0: length. Like we were talking about Milwaukee before, like Hood. I, I really like Alex Burks. I like, like I think in small spurts, he really adds a lot of value. But yeah. <laughs>
1: for sure. Yeah, he's a great score, scorer off the bench. It's that kind of dynamic guy that comes off the bench and can just get you buckets. Um, so that'd be that's the, if they make the five, they'll play jazz if they make the 6 they they'll be playing Houston right now. Which one do you think they'd rather see?
0: Um, I don't know if they can. uh, Well, they got some pretty dynamic defenders, I guess. It's tough for me to say. Like, like, like. I I never want to play a team like Houston because I'm like they can they can blow you out of the water if you get in a in a pissing match with them.
1: That's the thing with Houston, that firepower. I think they're so high variance. If they catch, they catch fire. You know, and it could be over in four games real quick. And
0: I also think that bad Russ can come out when when you see James Harden.
1: See, I was gonna say bad Russ would come out against Utah because they have ooh. the best. They have the best. Well, they have the best thing to stop a rim attack. They got Rudy Gobert back there. Yeah. So sure, Russ can get loose a little bit sometime. Oh, he, he wants him, to get he, his he from the three point line. He, he well he wants to get us at the rim and 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 Rudy Gobert and if Favors especially can come back healthy and give them anything he's been he's been uh, he's been curious it's been curious how he's been out of the lineup with his sore knees and stuff it kind of sucks he's a really good player yeah but um so it's it's pick your poison do you want like I think I'd rather see him go against Houston because Houston really can't stop him they they, they haven't shown the defense to better stop a Russell Westbrook no the only problem with that like you said though, the high so it's pick your poison do you go do you 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 face the the nuclear offense of Houston or do you face the, the, uh, Cold War era defense of the, of the Jets? Well, it's
0: interesting, right? Because I kind of like some of the defenders on OKC against Houston. Like I like Westbrook against Gordon. I like that size length and I like Robertson against, uh, whoever they throw it at the three. And I think, no, 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 Robertson Roberson is guarding uh, James Robert- Harden
1: and, and Roberson does a fantastic job. Roberson has been one of the best defenders in the league, perimeter defenders in the league this year. He's, last uh, two years last couple of years, but especially this year, he's alternately, she's like, he's shut down Mellow, he's shut down Harden before. Any big-name scorer has pretty much gotten it. You know, they, when they beat, they oh, beat him. Oh, yeah, entirely. you could
0: definitely do that, and, and you could for sure put Westbrook on, uh, on Gordon without any issue.
1: So, here's my problem with that, though. We just watched the Golden State game, and you know why they really got cooked out of the gym? Russ has a propensity as the shot clock rolls on, he'll start losing track of his man, and and all Steph Curry would have to do is keep moving and find an open spot and they would find him wide open. I love Russ to death but he death, but you gotta pin that loss against Golden State. They might they probably lose anyway, but the way they lost, I you gotta pin on him. He kept losing track of Steph Curry. Eric Gordon could do kind of the same thing, where he floats around the perimeter just looking for you know, looking for opportunities to shoot spot up threes. So that that kinda worries me. Um the perimeter defense would be compromised by Westbrook's inattentiveness.
0: All right. Well, that makes sense. And it looks like we're actually at the shot clock here. They have another episode. So I'll leave you with this final question out of the two. No, no, no. We hold on Hold on. We did away
1: with that shot clock nonsense. And we can talk for an extra minute because we got to talk about why it won't happen.
0: Why? got a minute, right? Just, yeah, just a minute. Oh, all right. Yeah. We got a minute. We got a minute.
1: So tell me. Uh, I mean, again, we, we kind of just said it, even though I, I'm just being obstinate, really. I'm being stubborn. I don't want to end the show just because <laughs> you said end it. So the reason they can't, Houston just really can catch fire. They have shooters at almost every position. Uh Clint Capella and Nene, Nene and Nene have been a, a great dynamic duo. In fact, add a trio, because Montrezl Har- Harrell has showed that he can play center, especially mm-hmm. if OKC goes small. Yep. He's a he's undersized, but he's scrappy and he he gets after the rebounds. He can shot he can block shots. So that's one thing. I mean, there's a reason Houston's a three seed and you know OKC's not. They, they have a lot of firepower. The question is, how does this translate to the playoffs? That's going to be the next question, right? We've seen teams win a lot of games regular season, the playoffs come around, and the t- defenses get you know stouter, and all of a sudden they, they kind of short-circuit. So that's what we guys see with Houston.
0: I, I completely agree. Those teams that are high-octane, high, high octane, we all know the playoffs are a different beast. It goes slower. And actually, in the playoffs, I uh, have more faith in Utah than Houston. So if that helps to, to play that idea. And I think... And I think Utah, I mean, sorry, uh, OKC can weirdly be better in the playoffs than they are a regular season.
1: Well, it's not even weird. We saw it last year, right? Um, they struggled out of the gates at the All-Star break. They looked kind of muddy down the stretch. The playoffs came, you know, sure, they they beat the heck out of Dallas. But when they faced the Spurs, all of a sudden everything kind of clicked. So let's see if maybe that's what happens this year. I mean, that's 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 light. They can, if they can catch lightning in the bottle. Um, well, Thunder against the
0: Spurs would pl- be a really weird matchup.
1: Uh, um i think so but guess what that means you can play Cantor a lot which which i think is a good thing uh um, well that's what that i'm saying i'm saying really
0: like, like it's going to be weird because i think it plays into yeah. okc's favor
1: well if we get there right so yeah. what like so real quick before we go like you were saying before i know we got to wrap it up here what chances do you give first milwaukee and then okc of scoring the upset
0: now, when we're saying upset, we're saying first round or like we're, we're
1: saying first round, at least the first round, right? If, I think if you, you if they win, if any team, especially sees uh, five and four, that's not really an upset, but technically it is. So let's say they're in the sixth and they upset Houston, that's an upset, right? So yeah, what? Man, it's so hard to gauge, but yeah, what what chances do you give them and give Milwaukee?
0: I think they both what, have like which
1: one has a bet, which one has a better chance of scoring the upset.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a live and say Milwaukee. I, I I like them and they're hot right now and I don't believe in a lot of the teams in the East. Um I think they I, I think they're coming together at the right time and I think those top teams in the West are tough, man. So I'm gonna say Milwaukee in that first round for that point. True.
1: I, I gotta agree with you and God, I gotta hate agreeing with you because some your ideas <laughs> stink so bad sometimes. Um I agree with you that they definitely Outside of Cleveland, the West is – the East is a lot more wide open. And, it's, yeah, I, I can't even say Boston, right? Outside of Cleveland, because Boston could be beat by, you know, any given Sunday, a Wizards or Toronto or even the Bucks could beat those guys. So, yeah, I, I think definitely Millwall guys a better chance. But Which that- one would be a better story? Which one would be a better story for you? Which one do you think is more entertaining?
0: Um, first round? Um, I think it's got to be Russ because – I mean, look. If Milwaukee beats um, uh, Washington, it's like, well, Washington lost again. It's like, okay. I don't think people will be that surprised or that like. Neither team's really gonna beat Cleveland, but if Russ, like, I think every win Russ gets, it's like, oh, they want to see that matchup. And and the weird part, which uh, which. I'm gonna make up for the fact that you agreed with me before, so I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna help you disagree with me because I actually feel that that was my answer for the first round. But because I believe so heavily in Cleveland, if we actually said who were the, was the highest possibility to make the upset into the finals, I'm actually giving that one to OKC.
1: Uh, well, let's see, I gotta, I gotta agree with you again there because I mean, the Cle- I think Cleveland. Even though them and Gold state are obviously heavy favorites in their in their respective conferences. Cleveland, I think, like you said, has a better advantage just by having LeBron in the East. So um I just think this the chances are slim to none of either. So it doesn't really matter if we're talking about, you know, who has a better chance of making the finals. First round upset though, yeah, it's gonna be Milwaukee. Um even though the 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 drama of Russ versus Harden, you know, ex teammates, that's that's fun. That's a lot of fun. And then, you know, Pat Beverly versus Russ. That that series to me is the series to watch. I don't really, care. I don't give a damn about the Wizards in Milwaukee. Nobody wants to see that.
0: Yeah, imagine that happens. Then you keep going. You can play against Lillard. I'm sorry, um, uh, Durant. Man, they're like every matchup. I don't up want to see time. that.
1: Nope, nope, nope. I do not want. Look, one of the most painful things to this season for me has been watching the Thunder play uh, Golden State as a Russ fan because they just don't. It's it, it, no matter they what they do, well. they're not good enough. Yeah, and so to watch it, it's always just like a beatdown. It's not fun. It's not fun for me, and I think you know. And sure, what you're kind of hoping
0: for, weirdly, is some other team to upset uh, uh, the Warriors. But not just that. It's just that. It's it's it's
1: not. It's it's not fun watching one team get beat by 30 every night. No,
0: I get that. You
1: know, for four or five games, it's not fun for Golden State fans. It's probably great, but even they probably tune out after halftime when they're up. You know, they're up (laughs) 25 and a half. So.
0: Yeah. All right, well, guys, uh, uh, do you agree or not? Because I think you should get on Twitter, um, as he said, at Snotty Drippin'. I know he had been J-Holo's hoops. Now it's at Snotty Drippin'. Back to his old self, myself, at Sporting Phil. Give us your preview or your pick for the Cinderella pick between Milwaukee and OKC. What kind of damage can they do with their two budding superstars in Russell Westbrook and Giannis and Skumpo? Enjoy the night, guys, and remember, this why we play the game. God. <laughs>